are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony and welcome to another episode of Last Week in Health IT for Friday, June 18th. Alright, let's just get right into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is the ONC. They released a draft uh, addressing standardization specifications. So the Project USA initiative, they're aiming to support privacy, safety, interoperability by standardizing all the patient addresses across healthcare. So A is like the at symbol or the address symbol. So the specifications, they want to make sure that patient addresses in all of healthcare are going to be standardized. So this actually helps with improving patient matching. And by doing that, it's going to support, you know, safety, privacy, security, care coordination, and interoperability. This has been something that's been uh, on the momentum for the last year or so, uh, starting with their announcement of this project back in December 2020. So they finally have a draft out. So there was some research done by Pew Charitable Trust and Indiana University previously uh, that actually said that if they used address formatting guidelines from the U.S. Post Office in the health records, they actually boosted the match rates by 3%. And if they're using it, uh, you know, standard formats for both the addresses and the last names, then they boost that match rate even higher than that. So it's pretty big. The Project USA Technical Work Group includes the USPS, CDC, uh, EHR stakeholders, and also collaborates with ONC and uh, partners like HL7 and National Council um, Prescription Drug Programs, NCPDP, uh, X12, and some other standards developments organizations. What they do is that they're uh, looking at guidelines for diacritics, uh, punctuation, and grid-style addresses and even alphanumeric combination of address ranges and fractional addresses and non-English words. There's a lot of consideration that they had. It includes things like how they should standardize primary address numbers, how should they standardize, you know, north, south, east, west, or even like um, whether those values come before or after the address, like north street or like street north or something like that. And they also consider, you know, the unit designators or, you know, apartment things. And they even consider if the addresses are in Canada or Puerto Rico or other U.S. territories like the Virgin Islands. So it's pretty cool that they already have a draft out now uh, for specifying these uh, kind of standards for interoperability for addresses. Next thing I want to talk about is actually related to CVS Health. So more than 1 billion CVS Health records were actually exposed recently online in an online database. They found that, you know, the records contain email addresses that could be linked to um, what a person searched for or added to uh, on their shopping cart. They immediately took care of this by having the data restricted the same day that CVS was notified. Uh, and this was actually, this occurred in March. So a security researcher notified CVS that there was a pub- publicly accessible database that contained non-identifiable CVS health metadata. So the good thing is that it's metadata that didn't actually have any PHI. It still happened and it actually had email addresses in it, which could, might have, you know, someone's first and last name. And, uh, you know, some of the Google searches of the email address actually would identify people's names. But yeah, I'm, I'm bringing this news item up because I found it interesting and also like just another, another thing to, to remember. It's not just healthcare organizations like, like hospital systems are going to be, uh, ransomware hacked or anything like that, but just in general, like healthcare itself, like CVS Health, it's just metadata, but it's still something that was exposed and publicly accessible. So. So let's go back to the ONC. The ONC launched a new $80 million workforce development program. 
So this was funded by the American Rescue Plan and aimed to get public health informatics and data reporting and seeks to uh, boost minority-serving institutions such as HBCUs. So HBCUs, of course, is historically black colleges and universities. Uh, so the agency is inviting the, the HBCUs and others like tribal colleges and universities, Hispanic-serving institutions, Asian American, Native American, Pacific Islander-serving institutions, and other schools that actually have minority populations or serve minority populations to apply for this type of funding. And this funding, again, is to improve public health and through training in medical informatics and data science. Their goal is to train more than 4,000 individuals in a four-year period through an interdisciplinary approach in public health informatics and technology. They're going to recruit, train participants, secure paid internship opportunities, assess and career placement, and public health-focused nonprofits or public health-focused private sector or clinical settings for those kind of placements. So ONC will award up to $75 million to cooperative agreement recipients and use the remaining $5 million of the $80 million to support the program's overall admin. Just some positive news about, you know, ONCs just supporting the, the further training of informaticists and also in the public health setting and also through underserved communities and minority serving uh, institutions. So now that we have a lot of COVID vaccines actually distributed and people are vaccinated, recent data from HIMSS State of Healthcare survey uh, shows that patients are looking to go back to brick and mortar post-pandemic. However, what's interesting is that the younger generations are more likely to continue with telehealth. And I think that's uh, just a generational thing. I personally would actually like to continue telehealth because it's actually more convenient for my own lifestyle of working. So I kind of fit with like what they found in that survey. So half the patients have experienced a telehealth visit in that survey, uh, but most of them have said they wanted to get back to normal in-person visits. And the amount was about 60%. The survey that they did was between March and April 2021. It included about 2,000, over 2,000 participants. And in order to be included, those participants had to qualify for having had one medical visit within the last 12 months. So again, millennials and Gen Z, the younger generation, uh, 47% of them actually prefer telehealth over in-person visits, even when considering uh, post-pandemic. So nearly three-quarters of the younger generations reported that, you know, one of the reasons they prefer telehealth is convenience, which is funny because I just said that for myself. Uh, so the baby boomers and the silent generation were least likely to favor the in-person visits over telehealth. So yes, there's that generational gap. So overall, though, if you're looking at everybody, the percentage does show that more people just a little bit more people want to get back to in-person visits. But that's not to say telehealth is going away because there is still a big percentage of people that do want to continue with telehealth because of the convenience factor. And I think personally, I would argue that having telehealth actually improves with healthcare delivery because it's more convenient and people are more likely, at least for me, I'm more likely to actually visit the doctor, quote unquote, through a telehealth visit because it's easier to do on my time. So that's all the news and topics I have for this week's episode. But before we end, just a reminder for everyone, if you guys want to check out more healthcare IT news, check out healthcareitnews.com. That's where I get my information for all that's going on in the field. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends 
or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal. We'll be right back.